Good evening and uh, Merry Christmas Eve. Um, good to see everybody here. Uh, welcome to our candlelight service. And we are going to be singing some Christmas hymns. We've got some special music tonight, and I got a, a message for you out of the, the Holy Scriptures. And we're just going to have a special time worshiping our Lord and Savior. Now it's time for some special music. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Why don't you just go tell it on the mountain? You know it's over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. For shepherds kept the watching over silent flocks by night. Behold throughout the heavens that shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain. You know it's over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that my Jesus Christ is born. Why don't you just go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that my Jesus Christ is born. Down in a lowly manger, the hum for Christ was born. And God sent us salvation that blessed us from Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountain, you know it's over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that my Jesus Christ is born. Oh, just go tell it on the mountain. You know it's over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that my Jesus Christ is born. Come on and go tell it on the mountain. You know it's over the hills and Everywhere we go, tell it on the mountain that my Jesus Christ is born. Amen. Thank you, Hildred. I'm going to be reading from uh, Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Now we've sang two hymns so far, the first Noel, and it mentions wise men, and then we sang We Three Kings, and it's talking about the wise men and the gifts that were presented, and those are two perfect hymns for the message tonight. Pay very close attention. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 
In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily or secretly called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they, heard, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures... They presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Now let's go back through that. Let's look at the significance of all of these things that are in our Bibles. This, this story was meant for us because it's in our Bibles, and... Most of, most of us know the story very well. It's something that we sing about at Christmas time. It's something that as kids we learned about the wise men. But there's a lot more deep meaning to this than most people see. Now, I wrote down a golden text. Proverbs 8.17, which is that proverb of introducing wisdom that capital W wisdom, and as you read through Proverbs 8, you're going to see Jesus there. And you get to verse 17, and it says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Just think about the wise men seeing a star from way, way away in the east. They see a star and they, they have heard something, they've read things, and they know that that means something. And they are out to seek this king of the Jews. That's what, they're, that's what they're wanting to do. Now, who are these wise men? They are men that are persevering. They are traveling a very long distance, and they're trying to go to a place that they don't even know exactly where they need to go. They, they, they show up in Jerusalem probably because they would think maybe that's where a king would be. That's where a king would be born, in the great city of Jerusalem. So they see a star, and 
there's different people who will, like astronomers will say that in that time that Saturn and Jupiter uh, would have lined up and caused this great star in the sky a couple years before Jesus was born. And then the year before he was born, another planet would have kind of got in the middle of those two as though they separated, and there would have been a magnificent light one year before he was born. How long did it take the wise men to get from where they were to where that star they saw? The star would have been to the west of them, but they were in the east and they saw the star and they headed that way. I think it was in the early 1600s, astronomers saw the same thing happen. And now that we know how all the stars work, they backtracked and said, yes, that would have happened right about the time Jesus was born, leading up to it. But that does not explain the star after they got to Jerusalem that moved and they followed it right to where Jesus was. So I think both are right. People will say, oh, no, it wasn't that uh, lining up of planets. It, it, it had to have been a miracle. Probably both happened. An actual thing that we can predict through astronomy, and we know that it'll happen again one day in the future, but it happened then. That's what caught their eye, possibly. They, they were wise men. They were uh, magi. They were from the Far East. So they would have been into those things. They would have been looking for those things. So they had traveled a long way. Now I'm going to read two different verses. This one is a positive verse out of Jeremiah 29, 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So they had to have something inside of them to want to go that far. Something had pricked their hearts. I hope and pray that people sitting here today, people who hear this message, that they would be touched in their heart and they would want to seek Jesus. The negative verse is out of Deuteronomy 32. Moses is, is talking about all the sufferings that will happen when you turn and go the other way. and You don't seek the right thing, but you seek the pleasures of the world. And he said, for they are a nation void of counsel. They just think they got it all figured out, and they don't need to, to listen to anybody else. Neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise. Just wish they were wise. That they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. Ever think about in the future where your future is, is going to be? Are you a wise person? Who are you seeking? What are you seeking? And what was their guide? It was that star. We talked about that star. And there's a place in the Bible where they might have uh, heard, and it's one of my favorite guys. He was a lost dude, but he was, he was a pretty fun dude to read about. His name is Balaam. Joy, Joy sitting over there going, I know who this is. In, see, Balaam was a person who he wanted money, and the king of the Moabites uh, was going to offer him and pay him a very good amount of money. All Balaam had to do was put a curse on these people that was coming across the desert. That's all he had to do. Well, that's easy enough. But Balaam had a problem with that plan because he was on speaking relation with God Almighty. 
And he always went to God and talked to God, and God told him what he could and couldn't do. And he said, God, I got this. I'm sure this is what he said. God, I got this real good opportunity to make a lot of money, and uh, just give me the okay. And God's like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Really? Well, they're a blessed people. Oh, okay. So he went back to Balak and said, sorry, dude, but I can't do this. Now, there was four main oracles. They call them oracles. Uh, things that Balaam got that he spoke out to Balak. And Balak went through the whole trouble of, of building these altars and sacrificing animals so that Balaam would come out and then zap these people, you know, with a curse. And he, Balaam would come out there probably wanting to curse them, and he ended up saying some amazing things that Balaam himself would have never been able to come up with on his own. So in this fourth oracle, listen, I'm going to read just three verses out of, out of the last thing that Balaam said, uh, fourth time that Balak, the king of Moabites, had taken him up on a high mountain and looked down on these people so you can curse them. And Balaam said, And he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, has said, and the man whose eyes are open has said. So he's talking about himself. He's, look, my eyes have been open. God has showed me something. He has said, which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty, falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob. And that star in your Bible is a big S. There's a star out of Jacob and a scepter, big S, scepter, shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheph. Now, there's some controversy over whether, who is this, is this talking about King David? Because he's the one that beat the Moabites, wiped them out. Or is this talking about Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes, both. King David was a beautiful type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the king that sat on the throne. Jesus is the heir to sit on that throne. So when you see the big S for star and the big S for scepter, that is Jesus. That is Jesus. So maybe the wise men had read this. Maybe they were looking out for a star that uh, their fathers and grandfathers had told them about and passed it down through the ages, and they were still over there watching for something that would be uh, different in the sky. And they finally saw it, and now they're heading to Jerusalem. Now, they were, listen carefully, they were from a long ways away. It says, it says that, they had, come from the, they had come from a long ways away. They were from afar off. They came from afar off. Now, in Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now, I want you to think about these wise men being afar off. That is a picture of every one of us before we knew Christ. We were far off. 
And where do you need to go to get to heaven? Many people try different ways, and they, they, they think they're taking a shortcut. They think they know the way to go, but if you don't take the advice of these wise men and go the way they went, they went to find the king of the Jews. They were following a star. Now, I want you to think about that, sto that star that was in the sky. I want you to think about it like we have the Word of God right here. This, this is a living, breathing book. And it guides us to the same thing that that star guided those wise men to. We follow this right here. We follow this, and it will take us to Jesus Christ. It will. So think about that. And write in your notes, Isaiah 55, 6 through 13. You can read that on your own time. I was going to read it, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving. But Isaiah 55 is a really good place to read about salvation for all of us predicted in Isaiah. Beautiful passage. Now we have a situation. These wise men show up in Jerusalem, and what do they ask? I want you to realize, in, 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 in verse 2 it says, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? The question is, where is he? This, if you open up your New Testament and you start reading your New Testament, which is going to be Matthew, this is the first question that is asked in the New Testament. The first question that's asked. Compare that with the first question that God asked in the Old Testament. God, the very first time God asked a question in the Old Testament is Genesis 3-9. Y'all know the story. Eve has taken the forbidden fruit. She has eaten. She's given to her husband. He eats. Now he has, they, their eyes are open. They know the difference between good and evil. They understand that they are now, oh my goodness, we're naked. And they go and start sewing fig leaves together and they try to cover themselves. And then... They hear God walking in the garden, and they run, and they're hiding. And the first question that God ever asked in our Bible is, Where art thou? Where art thou? These wise men have asked, Where is he? The first question God ever asked was, Where art thou? And where was he? He was in his sin, hiding from God. That's where Adam and Eve were. Anybody who is not a born-again child of God, they're in their sins, and they try to stay away from God. If, and God is looking for you. He, he's, 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 he's hollering out, where art thou? And you're hiding in the trees. You're ashamed of the sin of your life, and you are hiding from God. So you will never seek Jesus 
until you understand that God is seeking you. You'll never love God until you realize He first loved you. And He did such amazing things for each and every one of you. And you really should turn from your ways and find that star and follow that star to Jesus. The only way or how you answer that question, where art thou, depends on the question that these wise men asked is where is he? Is Christ in your heart? The birthplace of Jesus was prophesied many, many years before he was born in Bethlehem. They asked, where is this king of the Jews? Where would he be? And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, this is King Herod, you know, if you know anything about Herod the Great, oh, that's a pitiful name for him, Herod the Great, if you know anything about him, all the people he killed, his favorite wife killed her because he thought she was a threat, and then he, he was just tortured the rest of his life because of what he did. He killed their two sons that they had had together because he thought they would end up taking over his kingdom, and he was a madman. He ended up being a madman. Now this King Herod, he said to the scribes, and, the, and all, all these, he brought them all in, he said, where's this supposed to happen? Any mention of any king he wanted to eliminate. So he was a, he, he was, even though he was a madman, see the, the most dangerous madman is one who's smart. And he didn't, this, this crazy man didn't uh, uh, roar, he, he per oh, really? You're going to go find this king of the Jews? Well, when you find him, bring me word, because I would like to worship. And they believed him. They didn't know him. But in his mind, he's thinking, I have to eliminate him. I need to know where he is. I, and, and, and it says that he also asked and inquired of them, when did you first see that star? And they told him. And he did some calculation in his head, and he's like, that's been about a year, maybe two. You think that all this happens on the night that Jesus was born? No, it says that the wise men traveled from a long ways. It's, and then when, he get, when they get there, they, they uh, let's go find out where the child is. It's not a baby in a manger anymore. And then when Herod said, you know, kill all the babies in that area and all around that area just to make sure you get them, two years old and younger. So this is, this is really a while after Jesus was born, but very much connected to it. So in Micah, what they quoted, they quoted in verse 6, Bethlehem. They quoted scripture. They, they quoted prophesied uh, predictions from the past, and they were quoting Micah 2, it says, But thou, Bethlehem Epaphra, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. Notice that, ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. What? Does that make sense to you? In, in Isaiah 9, 6 it says, For unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given, 
and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So when, and, and Micah, when it says, to, is to be ruler in Israel, think of Jesus' humanity. When, it, when, when Isaiah 9 says, For unto us a child is born, think of Jesus' humanity. But when it says, Goings forth, out of Micah, Goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. And when in, in Isaiah 9 says, Unto us a son is given, I want you to think about his deity. Listen, the child... The child was born in Bethlehem, but the son was from everlasting. You see it? You have to believe that Jesus was 100% in a human body, and he was 100% God at the same time. Not a mixture of the two, but both completely at the same time. And these two verses show us that. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God... Wait a minute. All right, this is God talking about Jesus. All right, I must have read that wrong. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God... I read it right. Is forever and ever... A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Jesus is deity. Now, who did they discover? These wise men. They, they went out. They were so excited because they saw the star start to move. So I think that there was probably that great, uh, what do you call it, a conjunction of the planets. They probably saw that two years before Christ was born. And they, they said, look there. And then the next year when they saw that other planet came, come in line and, and it was really amazing, and then they said, we got to go. So, so they may have been traveling for a year just to get to Jerusalem. Now, what did they get in Jerusalem? I, I think When I think of that, I think of the wise men acting on their own, but yet they went to a place where they should have got some truth they were all excited about this king of the Jews. But the very place that should have been most excited about it were like, what? These people in Jerusalem, the scribes should have known all this. The people in Jerusalem should have been looking for their Messiah. And they were all like, what? And oh yeah, sure enough, it says right here to be born in Bethlehem. And it's these people, these Gentile people from way away who actually came that was looking for him. But the very people who should have been looking for him. And Jerusalem was this great religious city. So think about these great big denominations of the Christian faith. You might learn some facts from them. But is that going to save you? Bragging about what big church you, you went to for all those years? Not going to save you a bit, is it? Now you might gain some good information. And these, these wise men gained some information that... Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So don't, 
don't discount what you might learn in, in big organized religion. You might learn some good things, but don't count on that to save you. Make sure you keep on the journey and find the one that will save you. So that, that star was their guide. And that star, like I said, think about the Word of God being our star today. In Psalm 119.105, the Word of God says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That star gave light, and this Word of God gives us light. It will direct our ways and keep us in the right path. Now, what was the result of when they finally got there. They followed that star right over top of the house where he was. And in uh, 10, verse 10 says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Exceeding great joy. They were very, very happy when they showed up. Right? Very happy. So they got joy. And this, the very next thing, what did they do? And when they were come into the house, not a stable, but when they came into the house, they saw the young child, not the baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, but a young child with Mary, his mother. Now, normally you would see in a situation like this, if this was just a normal baby, you would see uh, they came into the house and they saw Mary holding her little baby. The, the adult would have been the first one mentioned, but not here. This is a special young child, and he deserves to be mentioned first. And fell down and worshipped him, the young child. Worshipped the young child. They did not worship Mary. They worshipped Jesus. And when they had opened their treasures... So the second thing, the result of what they did, they had joy, they had great joy, and then they worshipped Him. Now, that, that, uh, we three kings that we sang, we three kings, notice how each gift is explained in this hymn. Why gold I bring to crown Him again, King forever, and frankincense, talking about his deity. It's right here in this hymn. And myrrh, because of the suffering and the bleeding, the sorrowing, he had to die for us. That's what those three gifts represent. I didn't even, when I asked uh, to have that hymn play, you know, for us to sing that tonight, I didn't realize just how perfect it was explaining the three gifts. When Mary was carrying Jesus and she walked up behind her cousin Elizabeth and John the Baptist was six months along in the womb and when she and John the Baptist being inside the womb heard the voice of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and then Mary ended up saying, she said, My soul doeth magnify the Lord... And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. I thought Jesus was our Savior. Same thing. God, Jesus, same thing. So, in, in, in those two short verses, she said, 
My soul doeth magnify the Lord. I'm not sure why it's got to be two verses there, but it's 46 and 47, two of the shortest verses. And then the second part in 47, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So, Lord, I wrote it, I wrote it in my notes. I, got, I wrote Lord in a different color, and right below it, I wrote King, ruler of Israel, worthy of the gold. And then God, I wrote deity, God in flesh to be worshipped, worthy of the frankincense. That's what frankincense was. It was only to be used to burn the frankincense to, for that sweet aroma for worship to God Almighty. That's all it was used for. And then, Savior. And right under that, I wrote, Perfect Lamb of God, destined to die, worthy of the myrrh. That was the, the product that they used to embalm and prepare the bodies for burial. Those three wise men were way wiser than they even probably knew at that time. And since that ends where my note, uh, that's it. I think we're done. I think we are done. What do you think? The wise men, do you want to be like them? Are you wise? <clears throat> and when God asked, where art thou? Your answer is very dependent on where is he? Capital H, he, Jesus Christ. Where is he? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that Jesus is in the hearts of each and every person that's here today. Father, I pray that if he is not, that the Holy Spirit would touch and to, to move those who need to seek the only way to get to you. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus coming and being born in Bethlehem. Father, the protections that you made for him to live on this earth, and Father, that he can touch the people he touched, and that he could be the perfect lamb to be sacrificed for us. Father, we are so thankful for all of that. And Father, I pray that we would be a church here, a, a gathering of people, who love you because we know that you first loved us. Father, that we would be a people who would seek you and to show others how to seek their Savior. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.